This is Jerry McGee. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Um, overcoming life's obstacles. We'll be um, we'll be um, broadcast live the first and second. I'm sorry, the first and third Tuesdays from six to eight p.m. And um, tonight I'm going to share on overcoming fear. At the at the very end, uh, you can call in at six four six five nine five. Four seven eight four, and don't forget to press one, and you can get prayer at the end if you so desire. Um, my ministry is Abiding Life Ministries, and I'm located in Lindale, Texas. Deliverance seminars once a month in Duncanville, Texas. And uh, if you would like to schedule a seminar in your area, just you can email me at Jerry McGee at sbcglobal.net. And Jerry is G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. And I will uh, add you to my email list and send out flyers to, uh, to tell you how to get to Duncanville. But Duncanville is on the, is, uh, borders Dallas on the south, the south side of Dallas. And so if you're in the Metroplex and would like to come to the seminars, they're free. And they're the second Saturday of each month. And so... Uh, Let's pray before we start. Lord, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you that you're our healer, our deliverer, our king, our God. You are the mighty one in whom we trust. We thank you, Lord, that you said no weapon formed against us will prosper, and every tongue that accuses us in judgment we condemn. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I lift up this, uh, this show tonight in the name of Jesus, and I pray that as I open my mouth wide, you'll feel it. I pray, Lord, that you bring to my remembrance everything you said, that I'll be a tree of life, that rivers of living water will come forth from my innermost being. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person who hears this message, that you will set them free from a spirit of fear. And, Lord, you've not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And, Lord, I commit this to you, and I thank you that you said my thoughts will be established. I pray, Lord, that your word will go forth from my mouth like a fire and like a hammer that breaks rock. And, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll put holy angels all around everyone who's listening in and cover each person with the blood of Jesus. Lord, I lift up Dorothy, and uh, I lift up, Lord, I lift up every person who's listening in. I lift up the saints all over this earth, Lord. I pray I had your protection, a wall of fire, your warring angels around us. I ask you to cover us with the blood of Jesus. I pray a special covering of warrior angels over and around us to boomerang back on the enemy every curse and assignment that's sent against us uh, seven times over, unbroken, in full force, not to kill them, hurt them, or harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. 
Lord, I loose your ministering angels to minister to every person who's listening in. Lord, I just loose on each person the conviction of sin, the fear of the Lord, and a spirit of in a spirit of repentance. In Jesus' name, thank you that I've been raised to sit with you in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. And, uh, Lord, I take my seat in the heavenly places, and I bind you, Satan, principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. I forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against this show, against anyone that's listening in, in Jesus' name. I bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over Dorothy, her family, over me, my family, over anyone who's listening in, in Jesus' name. Uh, I bind you from this program. I just declare that every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord is bound in Jesus' name. You know, we live in a world that's fear-driven. I mean, we hear things on the news that can make a person hysterical. Um you know, the, Satan is still the prince of the power of the air, and he is still working through the news media, through Internet, through all these, uh, over newspapers, uh, over television. He's working to put us in a state of fear because Satan knows that if he can get us into fear, that he's got us out of the heavenly places, down into the nasty now and now, and we have no authority over him. Goliath is still taunting the church. He's still threatening us, threatening us through the news media. And so God wants us to operate in, in faith, not fear. The, the scripture says that, every, that what I fear comes upon me and what I dread befalls me. So every fear in my life has to be overcome if I'm going to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Job said in, three, uh, in Job 3.25, what I fear came upon me and what I dreaded befell me. You know, fear is prophesying over my life what I think is going to happen. The scripture says in Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so fear, because it's the opposite of faith, draws that bad thing to happen because I'm not operating in faith. Uh, approximately 365, the Bible talks about to fear. It says words like fear not or be anxious for nothing. <laughs> fear is the opposite of faith. When we're in fear, we're listening to what the devil says. And when we operate in faith, we're listening to what God says. And, of course, we have to be in the word of God for God to speak to us so we know if, the, if it's a lie from the enemy or if it's according to the word of God. Um, and so, God, you know, God has created our bodies in a wonderful way. Then in a fearful, stressful situation, our bodies produce uh, cortisol, and it produces adrenaline, and that's a good thing in a in a stressful situation. But if our body continues to uh, live in stress every day, and our body is pouring cortisol and adrenaline into our our system, it will destroy our immune system. Fear is a dangerous sin. In fact, it's a deadly sin. I lost a, one of the dearest friends I've ever had last year. It this time of year last year because she never could overcome the spirit of fear. She lived in fear of man, fear of what people think, fear of being blamed, uh, all these hundreds of different fears. And, you know, when you're, when you're a fearful person, rather than face issues, you'll sweep things under the rug rather than deal with them. And if you don't bring everything out in the open and deal with things as it comes up, it becomes a festering sore and ends up uh, destroying your body. And that's what happened to my dear friend. 
She was a godly woman, but she could not ever overcome or did not ever overcome a spirit of fear. And the world's not a safe place. You know, we hear about Ebola. We hear about GMO foods. We hear about chemtrails and weather manipulation. And we worry about bills and we worry about ISIS cutting somebody's head off. And, and the world is just not safe. It's a dangerous place. But we have a, a place in God where he protects us. The scripture says if our ways please him, it makes even our enemies to be at peace with us. The scripture says according to Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God will abide under the shadow and protection of the almighty. But fear destroys your, your immune system. If it's, you know, if you continue to live in fear and stress and worry, um, cortisol continues to pour down into your system. Adrenaline keeps pouring down into your system. And where it could be a good thing in a stressful situation, if you're living in fear, anxiety, and stress, and that keeps pouring into your system, eventually destroy your immune system. And, you know, the, the moment you're in stress, your brain, your brain will release cortisol and adrenaline and a lot of other chemicals. Cortisol's number one job is to shut down all the systems of the body that it considers less needed. And so in that instance of fear, uh, our digestion shuts down, our immune system shuts down, our sleep patterns shut down. And at that moment, our body stops producing serotonin and melatonin and lots of other things that our body needs. And so a lot of times people that live this way, you know, they're caffeine addicts like I used to be to keep ourselves going because we're wore out. And what happens is the cortisol, the, the caffeine, it pumps you up high and then it drops you and you're more tired than when you were before you drank it. I've been off of caffeine now almost two and a half years, and I'm just amazed. I used to could just eat just uh, just eat an orange and lay down and go to sleep because before that, years before that, I was addicted to diet pills because I was a fat little girl, and my mother took me to a diet pill doctor when I was 13, and I took diet pills for 17 years. And then because it's it's keeping your body in a, in a situation where your body depends on it, and then I, when I got off of that, I grabbed the caffeine, and I was a caffeine addict. I don't mean I would drink a pot of coffee in one day. I may drink a cup, a cup, a mug in the morning, and maybe a, a glass of tea in the afternoon. But if I had to, something I had to do, I would drink more tea and, and force myself to go. And um, the Lord delivered me two and a half years ago. But but it was also driving up my blood pressure, which I always had low blood pressure, causing heart palpitations. Uh, and then um, when the Lord set me free from that, um, it's amazing the energy that I've had because the Lord told me when I got off of it, you know, it's not by might nor by power nor by caffeine, but it's by my spirit. And when you get off, you'll have more energy. And sometimes at 2.30 in the morning, I'm having to make myself go to sleep and never having a drop of caffeine. But God has given me so much energy now that I'm uh, delivered from it. And if you're listening, I know when I was addicted to caffeine, nobody could take it away from me. So I'm not, just put that on the shelf. But nowadays we call it just tired fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome. But actually they're calling it now adrenal exhaustion because, um, in fact, after God delivered me from caffeine, um, I began, I felt like he told me to get on the Internet and look up the effects of caffeine on the adrenal glands. 
and I did, and I saw where it caused weight gain. It caused lower muscle mass. It caused uh, all kinds of things. Um, and so uh, I just praise God today that he set me free from this bondage and continually to get free of things as, as he brings up problems and I ask him to show me what he's trying to teach me and then I align my life with the word of God and then deliverance comes. You know, deliverance is just James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. But also, um, fear is the root of autoimmune diseases. So if you're listening and you have autoimmune diseases, it's rooted in fear. And, you know, we can live in this world and it can make us hysterical if we just uh, took things to heart. Um, God tells us in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. And then that's not an op- that's not an option. That's a command. Be anxious for nothing. And so how do we be anxious for nothing? The scripture goes on to say that with prayer and, th- and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Um, it is possible to live in this world free of fear. Absolutely possible. I can tell you that. God has delivered me from the spirit of fear, and I can tell you that I don't live in fear. In fact, he's even teaching me that when things don't go the way I think they ought to go, that he knows exactly. He knows exactly my frame. He knows exactly what I need, when I need it, if I need it, when to give it to me. And he's, that's finally becoming a reality in my life, which has caused me to not fret about. Isaiah 26 says, he will keep you in perfect peace. When your mind is stayed upon him You know the word disease comes from two French words Dis-ease And so if disease comes from two words Meaning dis and ease You could say that any area where your life is not um, uh, Finding peace It can open you up to disease Because that disease It means you're troubled in an area And so God wants us to keep us in perfect peace when our mind is stayed upon him and we have to keep our eyes upon him. Isaiah 35 says there's a highway of holiness and no lion, no fool, no unclean can walk there. So we have to keep our eye on the highway of holiness and be willing to walk the narrow way because on that highway there's no lion, there's no fool, there's no no, um, uh, ISIS, there's no Ebola. That's the place of being in God's refuge where he says, if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, you'll abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe. Now, that strong refuge is more real than the room you're sitting in or the building you're in or the car you're riding in when you listen to this. It's more real. You can't see it with the human eye, but it's a place of safety. The scripture says that we were in God's refuge, that, the, that the, the breath of the ruthless, the breath of Satan is like a rainstorm against a wall. If you've ever been in a house when it's raining and you hear the rain hit the window, it's just a picture of when you're in God's refuge, Satan is hitting the window, but you're in there safe because the rain can't get through. And so God wants us to, to live in his refuge. He is our refuge and he's our strength. And he's a very present help in time of trouble. Some things we need to see about fear is that fear is a sin and fear uh, does not please God. 
you know, we just kind of justify our lives by saying, well, you know, everybody's got a little fear, everybody's got a little anger, but we're to be overcomers. If you've got a fear in your life, work on it till you get to the bottom of it. Ask the Lord to show you where the fear came in and then align your life with the word of God. A lot of times it comes in through generational iniquities of the forefathers, can come in through not being protected as a little child and um, in it, it comes in other ways that I'll mention here in a minute, but it's a sin. It does not please God. Hebrews 11:6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whoever, whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another thing is that fear is a demon. Fear is demonic. Uh, you may not think you need deliverance, but in any area you have fear, you need deliverance. You need to get delivered from the demon of fear. Second Timothy uh, 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Well, if God has not given it to you, who has? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Another thing about fear is that it's rooted in idolatry. The scripture says in 1 Samuel 15, 23, rebellion, which fears rebellion, is as the sin of witchcraft, and all iniquity is as idolatry. In Deuteronomy 32, it says that Jezreel, which is the people of God, means the upright one. He grew fat and he kicked, means his heart became so callous that he couldn't hear God. And it says that he worshiped false gods. And I'm just going to paraphrase what Deuteronomy 32 says. And because he worshipped false gods, he made God angry. And then God turned him over to anger, and he turned him over to jealousy, and he turned him over to terror, which terror is a stronger word than fear. But terror, um, but we get turned over to those things because all sin is idolatry. And so the scripture says no idolater will enter the kingdom of heaven. If we continue to live in fear, then we're living in idolatry. Fear is a curse, Deuteronomy 28, 6. Well, uh, says that your life will hang in, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 says, because of disobedience to the voice of God and his commandment, that um, he, will, he will put these curses on you. And, of course, from, one, from verse Deuteronomy 1 through 14, it gives you the blessings, but then in, in, uh, in 14, it begins to give you the curses, and there's 50-some-odd curses, and, and this is one of the curses found in Deuteronomy 28:66. Because of disobedience to the voice of God and his commandments, he says, and your life will hang in doubt before you, and you'll, you shall fear day and night and have no assurance of your life. Now, that's a pretty scary place to be. Do you know that demons carry out curses and holy angels carry out the blessings? In Leviticus 26, it says if you break covenant with the Lord. And, of course, now our covenant is, is kept when we love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength, and body. In the New Testament, it says that love fulfills the whole law. Uh, so when we break covenant, we break the law of love. And Leviticus 26 says that we'll, be, we'll run when no one is chasing us, and the sound of a driven leaf will, uh, rattling on a bush will make us run and stumble over each other and fall. And you can read uh, the, the the blessings and curses in Deuteronomy 28 and also the blessings and curses in Leviticus 26. Another thing about fear, fear is the fruit of wearing the wrong yoke. 
you know, Jesus said in Matthew 11, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon your neck and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. And so wearing the yoke of Jesus, you know, his yoke is not a yoke you can see with with your physical eyes, but it's a spiritual yoke. It's a picture of submitting to the Lordship of Jesus. It's a picture of humbling yourself and coming under the control of God. And so when we're wearing the yoke of Jesus, it produces the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And so when I'm in fear, I'm wearing the wrong yoke. Uh, Romans 8, 13 says, if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. It goes on to say, for you have not received the spirit of fear leading to slavery again, but you've received the spirit whereby you cry out, Abba, Father. So if you're either walking in the Spirit under the yoke of Jesus, producing love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, or you're living under this yoke of bondage that causes your life to be dominated by a spirit of fear. It's like your whole life is, is, is clouded by this spirit of fear. Your decisions you make are, are made based on fear. And God says, fear does not please me. Uh, say, uh, fear is, is faith in what the devil tells you rather than what God says. Fear, like faith, demands a response. And so if I'm operating in fear, I'm going to get the response that what I fear comes upon me. If I'm operating in faith, then I have the faith that moves the mountains. Another thing about fear, fear is the number one killer of people in these last days. You know, number one killer is um, uh, the things that kill us today is fear is the cause of a lot of is the cause of autoimmune diseases, but uh, the number one killer right now of people is is a heart disease, which could be the fear. Um, and um, the next is cancer, and the next is medical medical mis- mistakes and prescription drugs is the three and four killer of people here in the United States. And so, you know, when I go to the world for answers, I'm just putting a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem. Uh, in Luke 21, verse 26, it says, Men's hearts failing them for fear um, and for looking after those things that are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. And that's when men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Uh, fear exposes an area of your life where your conscience is not clear. It says in 1 John 3:21, Beloved, if, if your conscience is clear... You have confidence before God, and the word confidence means faith and trust in God, and it also means freedom of speech. So if you have a, for example, if you have a physical problem or uh, if you have an area where you have fear, God's trying to show you that something happened back there, something in your life, uh, something happened to you where you were opened up to a spirit of fear. And so if we don't have faith in an area, we have doubt and fear in an area, it's because our conscience is not clear. Uh, the Lord showed me this some years back when I was pastoring the church. I got a crick in my back. And I had people pray for me, and they'd pray and um, they'd pray in faith. But this little voice would say, you're not healed, and I wasn't. So I kept thinking that the, 
that the creek would work out of my back, but it didn't. So one uh, one Sunday before I went to preach at church, I pulled up all the scriptures on the computer that had to do with with uh, uh, with back. And I repented over, I think there's like 300 of them. I repented of all those scriptures. And um, and there were several that jumped out at me. One was, can you uh, whip for a donkey, a bridle for a mule, and a rod for the back of a fool? Another one, a big cause of back problems is backsliding. Another one is backstabbing. Another one is turning your back on God. Um, but the, the ones that really jumped out at me had to do with my mouth. Uh uh, there's a rod for the back of a fool. Um, and so anyway, I repented of those scriptures, and then I was getting ready for church. Now, I still had a crick in my back. But when I was getting ready for church, I heard, you're healed. And my spirit man went, yes. I knew I was healed even though I had a crick in my back. By the time I got to church, it, that crick was totally gone. And God used to show me that when I repented of, over those scriptures, those 300 scriptures, and I cleared my conscience out, and faith rose up in my heart, and I, my spirit man went, yes, I know I'm healed. And I still had a crick in my back. I couldn't doubt it if I even wanted to. So when your conscience is clear, you'll have the faith to believe, and you'll no longer be in fear. Another thing about fear, it causes us to bury our talent. You know, the parable of Jesus gave in Matthew 25, verse 18, um, or in, verse, in chapter 25, when it, he gives this parable of a Lord who went... Um, uh, on a journey and he gave one of his servants five talents he gave another servant uh, another servant two talents and another servant one talent and when he came back the one with five gave him five more for ten the one with two gave him two more for four the one who had one said oh master he said I saw you as a harsh fist person reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you scattered no seed." so you see he had fear and so um, this is what the Lord said to him. Place here. Um, for to everyone who has, this is in Matthew uh, twenty-five eighteen. For to everyone who has shall be given more, and shall be shall receive an abundance from. And the one who does not have, even what he does have, will be taken away. And cast that worthless slave into outer darkness in that place where there is reaping and gnashing of teeth. You see, he saw God as, he had fear, so he went and buried his talent. He saw God as harsh, stiff, and stern, which he really didn't know God, or he would know that that's not God's character. But he went and buried his talent, and because of that, God assigned him to hell. And so... um, Another thing about fear is that fear of man brings a snare. It says in Proverbs 29, verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Another thing is fear of death subjects us to slavery. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, uh, 2.15 says, and deliver them, which Jesus came to deliver them, who through the fear of death uh, were subjected to slavery their whole life. And so when I fear dying or fear death, it subjects me to slavery. And that's exactly why I don't die to my flesh. This is not just dying physical, physically. But, you know, Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. He said in John 12, 
that you have to give up your life that you might find your life. And so people that have fear of death, they not only have fear of physical death, but they fear giving up their life. They fear letting go of their life. Um, A lot of times people fear dying physically is because uh, they know they have lived their life, they've wasted their life, and they've not lived for Jesus. And so today, if you're hearing my voice, let this be a new day for you. Purpose in your heart that the rest of your life you'll be live you'll live for Him, because people are afraid to die because they know that if they stand before the Lord, He may say to them, "Depart from me, I never knew you." And so that's why they know they're not ready to face God in eternity. But someday we're going to all have to face Him. So make sure that every day counts for Him. There's a little saying or a little poem that says, "One life will soon be passed; only what's done will last." And when I'm dying, how how glad I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. That's the way we should live every day, that our life is fruitful for the Lord because it gives us a purpose to live. And, you know, if, you're, if you don't have a purpose to live, then when you're old, you have nothing to look forward to and you're sipping insurance and watching satellite TV. Everybody's got to have a purpose. And he wants to give you a purpose because you're not wasted. God knew when he allowed you to be conceived that he had a plan for your life. Moses was 80 before he began to carry out that plan. And so it's never too late. You know, the thief on the cross, uh, he had no good works, but he said to Jesus, remember me this day in paradise. And so he didn't have any good works, but so it wasn't too late for him to repent. Where the other, the other thief mocked him, But the one thief said, remember me when you enter paradise. Uh, Another thing is that fear makes problems seem bigger than they really are, makes the devil bigger than he really is. You know, there's people that believe that the devil has more power over God. The devil is a created being, created by God, for God. And the scripture says that without God, there wasn't anything that was created that was created. The scripture says that God created the smith to blow the coals. He created the, the, the enemy to ruin. And in Colossians, he said everything was created by him and for him. And so the devil is just a created being, just like we are created beings. And, of course, uh, he, he, was, he was given power, but we have authority over him in the name of Jesus. And the way we have authority is to first submit ourselves to God, and then we have authority over him. Now, sometimes we try to take authority over the devil and rebuke him, and he doesn't leave because there's some place we've not submitted to God first. So that's key in deliverance. In fact, that's deliverance in a nutshell. Just give yourself to God in whatever area that you need to repent and then resist the devil, and then he has to flee. Another thing, fear becomes our master. It, It enslaves us and becomes our master. You know, Adam and Eve, the Bible says they were naked and unashamed and they were without fear until sin entered the garden. And then the minute sin entered the garden, they went and hid themselves, covered covered themselves with a fig leaf. And those fig leaves are the things we cover ourselves with. They're called idols. Uh, Something that we're trusting in besides God, we'll create a fig leaf. You know, caffeine was a fig leaf for me because I was using it to cope. And you can have an addiction that's a fig leaf. You can be trusting in a person that's a fig leaf. Anything that's not trusting God is a fig leaf. And it's always fear. You know, fear entered the human race when Adam and Eve rebelled against him. 
And so fear is behind rebellion. Fear is rebellion. Some doorways to fear is generational iniquities of the forefathers. The Bible says the sins of the parents pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. Um, Incest goes 10 generations, which is approximately 2,046 forefathers. Uh, Curse of the bastard goes 10 generations, which is about 2,044 fathers. And um, I'm not sure that's the exact number, but it's approximately that number, close to it. Um, Fear comes in when we break covenant with the Lord, and that's in Leviticus 26. It comes in through distrust of authority. If you were a child growing up in a home that was dysfunctional and you couldn't trust your mother and dad, that opens you up to fear. Um, I grew up with a daddy that was always, always protected me. And I remember even when he was in his 80s, he was showing me his farm one day and he had a river running through his farm. And so we were down, uh, he was showing me his river and I started through some bushes and he said, oh no, wait. Let me go first. There could be a snake in there. But see, that's how I grew up, being totally protected. But if you grew up in a dysfunctional home where there was no protection, you couldn't trust your mom and dad, that opens you up to tremendous fear. And then you hear all the junk on the news media. You hear about ISIS. You hear about Ebola. You hear about oh, um, uh, foreign troops. You hear about uh, the things that are happening, the wars, the rumors of the war, rumors of wars. And you hear about all those things, and it makes you hysterical because – if you had to protect yourself growing up, the lie is, hey, I have to protect myself now, and I can't protect myself. And so I get hysterical because I see the situation of the world, and because mother and daddy didn't protect me, and parents model for me a picture of what God's life like, the lie is God won't protect me either. And so another uh, way that it comes in is when parents are controlling and angry and raging, It comes in through not being protected in your growing-up years. Mom and dad let people rape you or molest you or don't protect you, don't watch over you, don't care about you, don't nurture you. You have to raise yourself. Um, uh, And most most people are born outside of God's refuge. Picture God's refuge like a big umbrella. Most of us, and being under that umbrella is a picture of being on the potter's wheel. It's a picture of presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. It's a picture of uh, being walking under the uh, lordship of Jesus, walking in the spirit. Most parent, And if our parents were under God's umbrella of protection, then that's where we were. But most parents were so dysfunctional that we were, most of us were born outside of God's refuge. And outside of God's refuge is where the arrow flies. It's where we're not, it's not the safe place. And so, uh, God wants to bring you into his refuge if if um, you were not born under God's refuge by having parents that were godly and parents that loved the Lord. It says in um, Proverbs 18.10, um, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe. And so if you're listening to where you can run, what I do in my meetings is I have people run into the name of Jesus. Run into this spiritual place or pull them under God's refuge. And so God wants you to be under his refuge, submitted to his lordship. Another way fear comes in is having to be the mama and the daddy because parents are irresponsible, um, incompetent. Another thing is being swallowed up through fearful childhood events, being swallowed up by a spirit of fear. 
through a false refuge. We just talked about that. Through verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse. Um, that opens us up to fear. Because if we were verbally abused, we weren't protected. If we were sexually abused, we weren't protected. If we were physically abused, we weren't protected. If we were emotionally abused, we weren't protected. And so that lie is God's going to not protect me either. Another way fear comes in is through legalistic, performance-oriented parents. Uh, I have to perform to be loved. I have to perform. And so I have a fear of not performing, fear of not doing it right. opens me up to procrastination because... Every time I started to do something, somebody lambasted me, and so it caused me to be afraid of making mistakes, and so I don't make a choice because I have a fear I'll make mistakes. Letting the sun go down on your anger. Um, You know, if we let our sun go down on our anger or on our sin, what happens is we're turning to a false god instead of turning to God. 1 John 4, 8 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment, and he that feareth is not perfected in love. What is the perfect love that um, casts out fear? Um, it's, it's believing that God knows what you need, when you need it, if you need it, and if you need it, when to give it to you. It's perfect trust in God's faithfulness to give you whatever you need, to watch over you, to protect you. And uh, when, you can, when you can trust him completely, you'll have no fear. And the way we obtain it is through giving up our life, letting go of our life. You know, Abraham had the perfect love that cast out fear. In, the, in Genesis chapter 2, verse one, verses 1 through 17, you know, Abraham told his servants, God told him to take his only son up the mountain and put a knife to him. And so Abraham and his son prepared to go up the mountain, and Abraham told his, his uh, servants, he said, my son and I are going to return. Well, God told him to kill his son. How's that? Because how could he believe God? Because God told him, you're Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations through Isaac. So God knew even if he killed him that God was faithful to do something that Isaac was coming back down that mountain with him. And so that's why uh, God honors Abraham in the word of God for his faith. And so just as Abraham started to raise his knife to kill his son, Uh, the Lord said, no, no, wait, Abraham, now I know you fear God. You see, when you fear God, you won't fear anything else. But if you fear everything else, you really don't have a fear of God. The scripture says the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. And so we take our fears up the mountain, everything we fear. You can know you have an idol if if you, for example, fear you, Fear you, if you have an idol, you fear you won't get it, and if you have it, you fear you'll lose it. What is it today that you have that you fear losing? What is it that's making you afraid? Is it your fear of losing your life? Lay it on the altar. The way that God has taught me to overcome my fear, I'll say, Lord, you hear what the devil is saying? If that would glorify you the most for that bad thing to happen, let it happen. But, so, but devil, you cannot cause me to be afraid. You know, the scripture says this is the confidence you can have toward God that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you already have what you ask for. And so um, do you think that when I say, Lord, if it would bring you greater glory and honor for this thing to happen, do you think God would answer that prayer? 
it would only happen if it would glorify him the most because he'll answer that prayer. But then I say, but devil, you can't cause it to happen. You know, some months back, my, my, or a year or so back, uh, I, my grandson was going to go into the military, and, and it's honorable to want to go into the military. But I knew that he had a calling for ministry, and I knew because of some of the rules of the government that you, you know, you didn't have, wouldn't have the freedom to be that ministry minister if you were in the military and it grieved my soul because I saw a calling on his life and so I grieved for about three months over that and it was like a fear he's going into the military and finally one day I just said Lord I take my grandson up the mountain and Lord if it would bring you greater glory and honor for him to go into the military I ask you Lord in the name of Jesus put him in the military and I and I never had another fear, another worry, another concern because I let go of my life. I let it go. I gave it up. I denied what I wanted. And But I said, devil, you're not going to put him in the military. Only if it would bring God the greatest glory and honor will God put him there. And so some months passed and a series of events where he hurt his knee and was not able to go into the military. And then he graduated from the University of Texas and the Lord brought him home. And now he's my prayer buddy, and now he's surrendered for the ministry. Now, I, I never prayed anything would happen to him. I just gave him to the Lord, and he has such a love for Jesus. And But I had to, to have the perfect love that cast out fear. I had to take my grandson up the mountain and give him to God. And if you're listening to me right now, whatever you fear, take it up the mountain and tell God to let it happen if it would glorify him the most. But say, devil, you're not going to let it happen. And you see, um, if, you can, if you can let go of your life, the Bible says, Jesus said, if you let go of your life, you find it, you hold on to your life, and you'll lose it. He also says in John 12, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Now, if there's no fear in what you're asking God, you just ask him. He says, you have not because you ask not. If there's no fear involved and no fear that's about to cause you to have a heart attack because of fear, um, you just ask God. You come come to God with your request. Ask in the name of Jesus. And he says in John 14, 13, and 14, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. But we're talking about dealing with the spirit of fear. You have to give it up or you you will continue to have it till you let go of your life because until you let go of your life, you will, you will not trust that God will give you what you need when you need it, if you need it, when to give it to you. You won't have that trust. But perfect trust, perfect love casts out fear. And we have to give up our life in so many areas. I remember the first, the first when the Lord taught me that is I had a son that was living a homosexual lifestyle. And I had just seen a crack commercial, I mean a crack documentary on television. And um, and I was driving along, and it was like, oh, I just this fear hit me. What if he takes crack? And then it just the spirit of God led me, Lord, if it would bring you greater glory and honor for him to be saved quicker, if for it would be greater glory and honor for you for him to take crack. I ask you in Jesus' name, let him take crack. The devil, you won't give him crack. And I can tell you, he died of AIDS in 1989. He came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. But I can tell you, he never took crack. You see, you have to give it up. You have to leave everything for God's decision. But you also have to tell the devil to keep his hands off. 
in the name of Jesus. And so Abraham had the perfect love that cast out fear. Um, And since God has not given you a spirit of fear, um, the devil is behind fear. When we trust in something, something else or anything else, um, then the devil has the legal right to bring bondage in that area of our life. And so anything we're trusting besides the God is idolatry. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 1, verse 16, it says, They made him jealous with strange gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. And because of that, he gave them over to jealousy. He gave them over to anger. He gave them over to terror, to the teeth of beasts, to hunger. Um, he gave them over to that. And so for us to produce the fruit of the Spirit, we have to be willing to give up our life that we might find it. And I'll repeat this verse that I just shared in, in John 12, uh, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a carn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And that's just a picture of, say, you plant a grain of corn in the soil. That that corn has to give over its life to that soil, and the moisture of that soil will cause the the outer casing of that corn to burst open, and then life comes forth. And so it is with us. We have to die to ourselves. We have to give up our life. And when we do, the character and nature of Jesus is produced, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Faith is produced when we die to our life. Now, Galatians uh, 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. In Psalms 27, verse 1 through 2, David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, my even mine enemies, and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and failed. Though a host should encamp against me, I shall not fear. Though war rise against me, in all of this I will be confident. And so if you're listening to me today, um, ask the Lord right now to show you any, um, any fears you have because fear is linked to an idol. When you have an idol, you fear you won't get it. And if you have it, you fear you'll lose it. Or you fear you can't function without it or can't live without it. So wherever you have fear, I'm not talking about if you have a request, make it known to God. But if there's fear involved, the way you overcome fear is to have the perfect love that casts out fear. That's the perfect trust. And you have to totally give up your life if you want to overcome fear. So take all your fears up the mountain, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer here in a minute, and I'm going to lead you in some deliverance. That while you're repenting, and you need, if you need uh, anyone to pray with you when this, uh, in a few minutes, call six four six four six five nine five four seven eight four, and don't forget to press one. And so let's just uh, pray. And and if you're listening, then be repenting over what I'm leading you in repentance over. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I ask you to forgive me for fear. I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, to forgive me for uh, being hysterical over what I hear on the news, on television, on radio, on uh, movies, the, the things I hear on television, the things I hear over the news media. God, forgive me for uh, being fearful, which has put me out of my position in the heavenly places and taken away my position of authority. Father, forgive me for, for fearing what I fear that would come upon me. Lord, forgive me for idolatry. Forgive me for prophesying over myself what I think is going to happen. God, forgive me for being anxious for everything. Forgive me that with prayer and supplication I have not made my request be known to you. I do that now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Forgive me for living in fear, anxiety, and stress that is destroying my immune system, that's shutting down my, my, um, shutting down my immune system, that's shutting down my sleep system, that's shutting down my digestive system. Forgive me for worrying over Ebola and over the world situation, over GMO foods, over chemtrails, uh, over ISIS, over the diseases and the sicknesses that, that I hear about, over the accidents and the murders. God, I, I just ask you to forgive me for taking that to heart. Forgive me for not what, forgive me for not taking care of how I listen. Forgive me for not listening to things that build my faith. Forgive me for listening to things that destroy my faith. God, I ask you to restore my immune system. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for fear. I ask you to, Lord, I speak a reversal over um, the the cortisol and the adrenaline that is pouring into the system because of fear. Lord, as they're repenting, I pray that you'll, you'll bring about a reversal. Um, Lord, I just ask you in the name of Jesus to activate every organ that needs to be activated. Lord, for, I just ask you in Jesus' name to remove adrenal exhaustion, the exhaustion of their adrenal glands, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name and be praying. Lord, forgive me for not keeping my eyes stayed upon you to keep me in perfect peace. God, forgive me that my ways have not pleased you so that my enemy would be at peace with me. Lord, forgive me for not walking the highway of holiness. Forgive me for not dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God. Right now, Lord, I run into the name of Jesus. That's a strong tower. You said that I can run into it and I'm safe. Lord, I choose to dwell in your secret place. Lord, I just ask you in the name of Jesus, forgive me for the sin of fear. Forgive me for not having faith. Forgive me for not believing that that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. God, forgive me for not having the perfect love that casts out fear. In the name of Jesus, I come against every demon of fear, and I command you to leave me now in Jesus' name. I break the power of idolatry. Lord, forgive me for idolatry. God, would you please forgive me for uh, disobedience to your voice and your commandments and breaking your covenant of love, which has put me under a curse of fear that my life would hang in doubt before me, and I would fear day and night and have no assurance of my life. And, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for breaking covenant with you, not walking in love, not loving you, Lord, with my whole heart, my whole strength, my whole mind, my whole body that would open me up, that I would run when nobody's chasing me, and the sound of a driven leap would cause me to run, stumble, and fall. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for not coming under your yoke. Lord, you said for me to come unto you because I labor and I'm heavy laden. And you said you'll give me rest. Lord, I choose to take your yoke on my neck. I take off all the yokes of pride, all the yokes of fear, all the yokes of bondage, the yoke of slavery. Lord, forgive me for living after my flesh, not walking in the spirit. Lord, forgive me for walking under the unholy spirit. Forgive me for fear that has subjected my life, that that has dominated my life. Forgive me for the yoke of slavery, Lord, that's caused my life to be dominated by fear. I take off that yoke of slavery, and, Lord, I come under your yoke. And, Lord, I ask you to yoke their necks with the yoke of heaven in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for believing what the devil said instead of what you said, God. God, forgive me for... uh, Forgive me for looking at the things that are coming on the earth when the powers of heaven are shaken and my heart fail me because of fear. Forgive me, Lord. God, forgive me. and um, Forgive me for not having a clear conscience, Lord. I ask you to show me my sin so I can repent, so I can have a clear conscience. Forgive me for bearing my talent. Forgive me for being that person that, that you gave a talent and I gave it back to you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I just ask you in Jesus' name to forgive me. Uh, I ask you to forgive me for fear of man that brings a snare. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for fear of man more than I feared you. Forgive me for fear of death, fear of giving up my life, fear that you're not a faithful God, fear that you won't give me what I need, when I need it, if I need it, when to give it to me. Forgive me for fear of death that has subjected me to slavery my whole life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to forgive me for seeing my problems as uh, see, uh, seeing uh, my problems as greater than they really are. God, forgive me for thinking the devil is bigger than you are. God, for bigger, forgive me for thinking the devil is bigger than is bigger than uh, the problem the devil gives me is bigger than what you can do to fix it, Lord. God, would you please forgive me for. Um, being enslaved by fear forgive me for rebellion making fig leaves to cover myself and these fig leaves lord i want to take these fig leaves i've created to protect my heart to protect my life to cope i want to take those up the mountain and i forgive my forefathers for fear i forgive them for being in um satanic cults and and being in um in lodges and sororities and fraternities that uh and freemasonry and all the things, Satan worship, devil worship, witchcraft. Um, I renounce those things. I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses. Lord, forgive me for breaking covenant with you. I forgive my mother and father that I could not trust them, that they didn't protect me, that they were controlling and angry if they were. And, of course, these things I'm naming may be your parents for everybody. And then if, if, you know, if your parents were, maybe your forefathers were. So, um, when in doubt, confess it anyway. Um, I forgive my parents for not protecting me when I was growing up. Uh, I forgive my parents and my grandparents that I was born outside of your refuge. I forgive my mother and father for being irresponsible and incompetent if they were. Um, I forgive them, Lord, for not protecting me, which has caused me to be swallowed up by fear. Lord, in Jesus' name, Um, forgive me for going into a false refuge rather than turning to you. 
God, I forgive anyone who's verbally abused me, physically abused me, sexually abused me, emotionally abused me, spiritually abused me. And, Lord, I pull out any arrows in the name of Jesus, break soul ties with any of abuser. We cut every cord of control linking their souls to any abuser. We call back their souls and spirits from the abusers, uh, cleansed, sanctified, and made whole by the blood of Jesus. We break the power of every spirit that would cause anyone to be hysterical or have panic attacks or not be able to breathe. Father, in the name of Jesus, um, forgive. I forgive my parents for loving me based on my performance, for training me up that I had to be a man pleaser, that I had to please everybody. Forgive me for all the times I let the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me for not having the perfect love that cast out fear. Thank you that you're going to give it to me today, Lord, because I'm going to give up my life. Lord, thank you for Abraham as an example of a person who had perfect love that cast out fear. Father, in the name of Jesus, like Abraham, I want to take all my idols up the mountain, everything that made me fearful, and I take them up the mountain, and I say, Lord, if it bring you greater glory and honor for me to have these things or not have these things, for this to happen or not happen, and so be it. The devil, in the name of Jesus, you cannot cause it. You're bound. How dare you think you can you can touch anyone whose hands are in the life of the whose life is in the hands of the potter? And I put my life in the hands of the potter. I trust God that He knows what I need, if I need it, when I need it, when to give it to me. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, Lord, forgive me for giving Satan the legal right to, to bring me into bondage and a yoke of slavery. Forgive me, Lord, for making you jealous with strange gods and provoking you to to anger with abominations. Forgive me for not producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to be like that grain of wheat that dies and falls to the ground so that it will bring forth much fruit. Lord, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me for not being willing to give up my life so that I can find it. God, you are my light and my salvation. What whom shall I fear? You're the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Even mine enemies, even my foes came upon me to devour my flesh. They stumbled and failed. Though a host camped against me, I will not fear. Though war rises against me, Lord, uh, forgive me for not being confident in you. I break the power of the spirit of fear over every person who's listening in now. Every spirit of fear that came in through anything that was confessed, I break your power. I break the power of grief. I break the power of depression. I break the power of inability to function. I break the power of perfectionism. I break the power of unrest. I break the power of anger, bitterness, hatred, strife. I break the power of rebellion in the name of Jesus. I break the power of mental illness and insanity. I break the power of heart attacks, heart failure, every spirit that would cause their heart to fail through fear. I break the power of every spirit that would keep them from breathing properly. All breathing problems have to leave. All spirits that are afflicting their lungs have to go. All spirits of autoimmune diseases you have to leave in the name of jesus i break your power in the name of jesus i command every spirit of depression despondency despair hopelessness i command you to leave every person who's listening in in the name of jesus all spirits of grief and sadness you have to go in jesus name all spirits of schizophrenia in jesus name lord i ask you to lose angels together all parts of them bring them back and put them in the proper place I gather them from every place where they've been scattered in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I thank you for giving me the perfect love that casts out fear. Now, in the days ahead, 
when fear comes, ask the Lord to show you how it got there and then take it up the mountain and repent over what the Lord tells you. And I'm just going to wait a minute to see if anyone wants to call in for prayer. Again, the number is 646-595-4784 and press 1 if you want prayer. But I'll just, while I'm waiting, I'm just going to tell you about Abiding Life Ministries. We've been in deliverance and inner healing for 35 years. We located in Lindale, Texas, and we will be having these live blog, uh, blog talk radio shows the first and third Tuesdays of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, you can go to jerrymcgee.com, and that's G-E-R-I, mcghee.com and I'll take you to my website. There's books there that I've written, books that you can order, CDs you can listen to for free with deliverance prayers. Um, as a place to sign up for my email address. And uh, if you will email me and give me your email, uh, I'm sorry, if you would email me and give me your email address, then I'll put you on my um my email address is on my email list and I'll send you a flyer uh, when I'm going to do meetings. We're at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in Hot Springs, Arkansas every every holiday and I'll encourage you to go there. You can go to lakehamilton.com lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and you can get information. The next one will be the 4th of July camp and we have a, that's kind of a family camp where you can bring your kids and they have activities for the kids. It's very inexpensive to go. Every morning we have prayer teams that pray for people, and and uh, the prayer team, the people on the prayer team, they're not flaky people. They're people that love Jesus with their whole heart. You know, there's some places you can go, you can actually get demons by people laying hands on you. But these people are totally sold out to the Lord. They're not into flaky, weird stuff. But you can get deliverance. In fact, I see people that we pray for that continue to come, and after. I tell them after about a year, you won't even know yourself. And deliverance is a, you know, deliverance is a process that takes a lifetime. It's really the sanctification process. And um, God tells us to work at our salvation with fear and trembling. But we hope you'll, you know, I hope you'll listen in again. Um, If you'd like a seminar scheduled in your area, if you can, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And uh, I want to thank those of you who support the ministry. We really appreciate it. And uh, we just uh, want to say, may the Lord bless you. And we're going to close now because there have not been any calls come in. But the Lord, the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he make his face shine upon you. And may he give you increased peace in Jesus' name.